Okay, right. so I'm pretty sure what happened was it was either the 32-bit, 24-bit thing, or I noticed that my mic cut out a couple times. Like, I noticed that, like, whole sections of something that I said cut out a couple times. Maybe for, like... Because huh. when I looked at the two tracks next to each other, like, I, I started over again. Like, I started from scratch after, like, two hours. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I was looking at the length of your track versus the length of my track and yours was a solid 30, 45 seconds longer than mine. And at first huh. I was like, Oh, is this compressing it? Like maybe it, it compressed mine a little bit more cause the 32 versus 24 bit. And it seemed to like, just kind of, it did kind of seem like I'd fix it and then we'd kind of lose each other again. And then I'd fix it and we kind of lose each other again. But at the end we were completely talking over each other without before I edited anything. So I was like super confused about that. And then I started going through it again and editing. And I did hear that there were certain parts where I would be like, hey. and then you go after like five seconds, you're like, yeah. And you kind of agree and start talking about uh, something else. And I was just like, dude, it sounds like my mic just like completely cut out. Well, and both times you know we've what? recorded, I've seen that it says dropouts. So maybe I did have a couple dropouts. You know what? I didn't. Uh, when I was editing the first episode, I didn't think this was anything, but in the last, like, literally 40 seconds, for some reason, we just completely, like, desynced from each other. Mm. Like, like you were suddenly far more ahead in the conversation than I was. And I, I was like, that that's weird. And I, I, you know, I realigned that part, and then, you know, it was fine. It only happened at the very end, but... I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I would not be surprised if it's just my fucking really shitty computer, dude. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if like, like I just tried to open Chrome just now so I could have the lyrics up. And, um, and last time I had Chrome open, I was reading the lyrics and I was on YouTube listening to the music all at the same time. And my computer can barely handle when we play D and D and I just have like a browser open. <laughs> so maybe I think that's what's I going on. I mean, yeah, maybe close out stuff you're not using. Uh, we maybe do you think it would help if we went like stopped showing video to each other on Skype? Because it might doesn't help. like affect us talking to each other, but it might affect the recording. It it might, but honestly, like I usually have the video open the whole time, and I'm I was just barely I was like checking in every now and then on the lyrics and stuff like that. Um, because I I wanted to be able to see you. I think it helps me talk more naturally when I'm looking at you. <laughs> well, all right. I mean, uh, we'll, we're going to figure this out eventually. It might be audacity. It might be the computer. It might just be the, the bit rate, you know, who knows? Dude, would not be surprised. We're, we it's, <laughs> it is going to be a trial of error. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How we will figure this out. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. You know, it wasn't that bad. Honestly, editing was a, a fucking headache at times. Um, well, but I think yeah, that it, the the bit thing fixes it. So, yeah, because I mean, when I was editing the first episode, it was only that part at the very end. You know, and that that thing was like two hours long. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, let's hope it's it's not the case this time. Let's hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> This is Brett editing from the future. It did. 
but whatever, we'll deal. And if not, I'll be the one editing. So exactly, you don't have to worry about. Well, it. You got to fucking deal with it. <laughs> All right, I know we want to do this intro. What's up, buddies? This is Lucas and Brett. Oh, earbuds with another episode of Earbuds Podcast, where we talk for way too long about one album and we break <laughs> down each song painstakingly. Um, but we also get in some other conversations in the process. Uh, this again, reiterating, this is Lucas. I am one of your hosts. Uh, my other host is my bud, Brett. Hello. I am his bud, Brett. I was the one who suggested this album. And so I'm extremely stoked to get into it. Yeah, man. This is one that I had heard of Pup, but I never actually listened to any of their music. I think one of my friends showed me the song DVP. Like a while oh, yeah. ago. Yeah. And that was um, the only song I'd heard by them before. So I had kind of a, like a, a misconception of what they sounded like. I didn't, <laughs> yeah, I didn't get what I expected. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not a complete like misdirection only hearing that song, but right. You would have no idea how often they go into odd time signatures. And the, the album, by the way, is their second studio album, which is the dream is over. That's yeah. the one we'll be going over today. Yeah. And before we get into this, like we forgot to mention this at the beginning of the last episode. If you haven't heard this album before, it's probably a good idea to go listen to it. Pause this right now. We'll have a link in the description of this episode where you can go check it out on Spotify or Apple Music. Um, this bad boy is only 30 minutes, y'all. It is short dude, and sweet. Like same thing as the Run the Jewels album. It's just so short and sweet and to the point and there's no fat on this record. Um, I loved that. And I think it would, again, you know, it's just my opinion, but I think it is a better experience if you go and listen to the record and then listen to this album right after, or listen to the album and then listen to us. Um, and yeah, it was not what I expected. It was, it was um, in a weird way, it was happier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and it was more aggressive than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, they... The, it, their music has a very punk, aggressive, but also bit of a kind of fuck it, we're all in it together, let's just have fun with it in a bar type thing. You know, A lot of group vocals, right? Like a lot of There's like a lot singing of gang along. vocals. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, you if you listen to this album and you picture it being a live show in a bar, it just all comes together, honestly. You, yeah. you see all the people shouting aloud. Uh, you can mosh almost nearly as easily as you can dance to these songs. Yeah, I expected it to be way like like sad boy emo. Like I thought it was going to be more like uh, I don't even know a lot of the types of bands that play that type of music, but I I didn't expect it to be so like catchy. Mm. Yeah, and, for sure. And yeah, man, it gave me that that pop punk vibe, that feel that it's it's. Um, almost self-aware a little bit and they're not taking themselves too seriously, but right. Really? I mean, he's getting into some pretty heavy shit on this album. Oh yeah. And, uh, they, uh, I would say that this is a lot of people like morbid thoughts, uh, or morbid stuff. I always forget what that album's called. It's the, is that their newest one? It's their newest one. A lot of people, I, I think most people herald that one as the, the best of the three so far. Uh, but personally, this album, uh, "Dream Is Over," is my favorite, and I think on on the uh, on the next one he gets into 
he gets a more emotional somehow than before. Uh, he talks about a lot of so is the next one a little stuff. more sad boy? It's yeah, it's a little more sad boy. Uh, I'd say I don't think it's boy with an eye. I haven't listened to it nearly enough. I don't think it's a bad album by any means. Uh, but I just love the the grit on this one. I love yeah. the the aggressiveness, but you can still kind of kind of jam to it. It's still very catchy. You can you know you, you it's you can scream along. You can let your heart absolutely scream out the lyrics. You know, it is a very emotional record, but it is weird that it's really um, surprisingly aggressive music and really de- almost depressing very sad lyrics mm-hmm. but it's so catchy that you do want to sing along the whole time and they're they're playing it in a way that it doesn't sound that sad so when you're singing along and you're like i want to kill myself or you know whatever <laughs> and and you're not realizing what you're singing because it's like man this it makes me want to sing along so much i I had only listened to this, you know, for for this podcast before, and it I I wish I had known the lyrics already because mm-hmm. I wanted to sing along. Like it, <laughs> it has the that vibe and that energy that it's very contagious. Like it reminded me a lot because they play really catchy songs and it's very pop punk and it's very fun sounding, uh, but really heavy content like really heavy lyrics and because of those two things combined i had only heard like say anything was the only is the only band that came to mind that they reminded me a lot of (laughs) and their shit's heavy right and i think it's a lot of had to do with alcoholism and drugs also that is on this record as well yeah i can't say i'm uh, a fan of say anything (laughs) at all but i get what you're like i get the connection yeah, I think it's also the nasal voice. He has the classic it could pop be punk that. nasal yeah. voice. He does have like it. The, I was worried that you would be, uh, that you it would be like, oh, the guy's voice is so annoying. Like I couldn't listen to any any of the stuff he was doing because, like, I'm sh- I'm sure some people do think that, you know. For sure. I mean, there were definitely a few, not a few songs, maybe just one or two that his voice didn't annoy me. It didn't like great. It wasn't grating. But I had to call out, <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, this dude's, like, really singing high on this one. Or, wow, he's, like, extra nasally, extra yeah. whiny on this one. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved it. I, I I really did. I liked this record a lot. I'm uh, so glad you do, man. Yeah, I know that your buddy, uh, Will, he's, like, really into this band, right? Yeah. I... Uh... I think I'm the first one that showed him the band. I could be wrong. I showed him DVP, you know, which is... Was that a single? Because that's the one I heard. I think it is. It has, like, a music video. It was on Dream Daddy, which is a daddy dating simulator. So Dream Daddy. I think it was something. It's definitely, like, their most straightforward kind of punk song on the record, you know? So I feel like it's probably the easiest, like, most accessible. I... You know, it didn't end up being my favorite on the record, but it was definitely, I would say, uh, had the most radio-friendly mm-hmm. parts yeah. to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and so he, you know, he likes them. I think he likes either, I think he had the same opinion I did about the third album. Where he was like, eh, we probably need to listen to it more. 
uh, and I was going to go to one of their live shows in Austin when they came out, when they came by, but uh, I was just like, honestly, I was like too scared to drive downtown. <laughs> oh, like, so uh, I, I couldn't like, go. How long ago was this? Uh, Maybe two or three years ago. It, it like I was just kind of getting comfortable with driving again, and like I only drove downtown when I absolutely needed to, like for a show that we were playing. I was gonna say, dude, that must have been <laughs> mental torture on you. How often we had to drive downtown, like on a Friday night, in the middle of the heart of everything going on. I would say that it's the reason that I can actually I'm comfortable with driving again. Uh, but it sure isn't the best part of driving. Is going downtown, and no. this show was like at, uh, oh, I forgot where it was. It was right in the middle, you know. Oh God, man! I mean, I love driving, and I hated having to go downtown for shows. Oh, it's the worst. It's the fucking it's worst. The worst. Like, I mean, the, we could have a whole raft. we could have a whole episode where we talk about Austin traffic and downtown oh, and stuff. God. But let's. I I think it would save a lot of time to not to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've, I mean, as in our band, we must have played like close to a hundred shows over the three years. I'd, I'd say we, we nearly got there. Yeah. Maybe conservatively like 75 or something. Something like that. It, and so many of them were downtown and that was my, that was what I, why I was always in a bad mood on the day of a show <laughs> because I knew the bullshit I was gonna have to put up with just getting to uh. go on stage and be able to play for people the bullshit that you put up with in a band having to unload in a spot where there's literally no place for you to park and you have people walking around you and you're unloading expensive equipment and you got to keep someone by a, the car so no one steals any any stuff so many shady people downtown especially in the areas that we would play in and, and then, it smelled like piss and we we would play on weekends so the parking would be mm-hmm. the most expensive right and unavailable yeah if you could find parking it was t- like 20 to 30 bucks uh, oh my god, dude! We would lose money on so many shows we played. I think I honestly we might have exclusively lose mo- lost money. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, because we would get paid most of the time, not nearly enough to even cover. Some I remember in some nights like we would get paid and and we notice this doesn't even cover parking for the four of us. I mean, parking, gas, you know. Emotional, emotional distress. distress n- never, yeah. nearly enough money for that. <laughs> uh, fucking, it, it fucked with my health. I gained a shitload of weight because I would get Waterburger on the way home at two in the morning every time we played a show, and I'd get stoned and be eating at three a.m. Oh man, I did that too. Yeah, I also got like when my dad would drive me to shows. Our like tradition would be he would like we would go get some Waterburger it's afterwards. The best. <laughs> you're exhausted but you have energy it's the best late night yeah food, you're on dude. an adrenaline rush and then you're like then you sit in line at Whataburger for 45 minutes trying to get your food <laughs> uh in any case i i regret not oh, going yeah. i regret it yeah. so much i wish i could have just like taken a bus or something or gotten a ride from a friend Ugh, i would have loved they would to be really really good live especially in the right con- in the right like space in the right kind of nasty bar yeah because you this album has <laughs> such a fuzziness to it the guitars are so fuzzy that i'm not used to hearing in pop punk so that was like a nice little change uh from the typical pop punk that i've heard before where it's usually really mm. produced to the point where it sounds a little too polished 
um yeah. where it doesn't it's but not there, raw. there's some tracks some tracks on this thing are just dirty and gritty and crunchy yeah and and you know yeah and a, and a weirdly aggressive but also catchy and you want to sing along but also the lyrics are really depressing it's a it's a weird <laughs> dichotomy uh but I, I really love the the final product and like all those shows that we played made me realize like how hard it really is to be in a professional band like how hard it, it really is to tour and and it's it, like your health just would deteriorate so much i mean the you're you're having to eat well. bullshit and <laughs> that leads perfectly into the first song um <laughs> well i would you know it's funny you bring that up because uh i actually only like 10 minutes ago found out why this album is called the dream is over were they about to like break up as a band that's what i assumed i assumed yeah uh, but the the singer went to the doctor and he got some kind of uh assist or something in his vocal cords and Fuck. the doctor was like i not only recommend you get off this tour but you stop playing music like stop singing and altogether he, yeah and apparently the doctor said like yeah this rock thing like the dream is over so oh just give it up oh my god uh but he didn't and uh i god i hope he's okay <laughs> i hope he'll keep you know i hope he's able to keep singing uh, but yeah, it's on to this first song on the album, which I thought is not this first song. You don't really see much, many songs like this. You know, it's what I'm a saying? weird opener. It's a great opener, but it is weird. This seems more like a an, a, a closing track. <laughs> it's it, it's it always weirds me out that this and DVP are just about the same length. Oh, okay. Uh, Cause this, it, this always seems like, I think it's a great intro. Yeah. Uh, cause it starts off with that, you know, kind of clean guitar and the vocals, super uh, nasal vocals. I love it. And if this tour doesn't kill you, then buddy, I'm on. Ah! And then the band comes <sighs> in. This, you know? this song in particular reminds me a lot of a band called violent Soho from Australia. Oh They're yeah. Kind of pop punk mixed with like grunge the way that they produce their their music sounds very grungy but they're basically playing pop punk and, and it's <laughs> like the singer kind of sounds like this he's kind of nasally a little whiny uh but very aggressive and this is th this was a great intro to the to the album like this set it up for me that after this track i knew i was gonna like this record like if everything is like oh, this or I'm even so glad to hear even that, around dude. like similar to this, I'm going to love this. And yeah, just <laughs> like when he finally, he's kind of singing a little softly, really nasally. And then it yeah. just blows up and it goes into this weird, like Latin-y drum thing. <laughs> like really cool drum part. Yeah. The, I'll say, I'll probably say this a couple more times, but I feel like the drummer is kind of the ace in the hole. The, tr the drummer is kind of their trump card for the band. I called out the drummer after maybe halfway through the record. And I, in my notes, I put, I have to give this guy a shout out because I don't necessarily think that he's an amazing drummer in terms of like technical ability. And you can prove me wrong. You're a drummer, but I thought that he did exactly what he was supposed to do every time. And he had so much energy 
in those drums that like that he is the driving force in every song. He's not he's I, not Chris from Ari's Bandits where he's going off <laughs> and playing triplet and quadruplets and shit. Yeah, I was gonna make that exact same comparison. This guy is uh, very in the pocket. I think he's an amazing drummer. He's great. I think he's fantastic, and I think he's got a lot more than he's willing to show. I've seen some live videos of him playing, and I could just tell, like, this guy could absolutely, like, destroy it if he wants to, but he plays what, like, needs to be played for the song, and he's able... I My theory is that he's the reason that they can do all these odd time signatures and get away with it still sounding like groovy without throwing anything off. Yeah, you know, you called out uh, the weird time signatures and I didn't even, I guess that is how, how smooth <laughs> it is or how flawless it is because I didn't feel like I heard any odd time signatures in this in this album. Really? Yeah. I, I mean. Nothing compared to Ark's to... Bandits. Well, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's it's just very obvious with them, and and I guess I didn't notice it on this record that they they change time time signatures or play odd signatures. I never noticed it. I there's no way this is right, but I honestly think like maybe half the songs are in four four. No shit. I I could be totally wrong. I I. I told myself to like keep track of it, but I was just I just got too into the music. Like, uh, tour doesn't kill you. Uh, DVP is in four four. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I guess we'd have to get to the rest, but they, you know, <laughs> don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> they they play around with a lot of stuff, and you don't mm. really notice because, uh, I don't just a, a combination of the lead guitar helps out a lot. Uh, the but the drums I think are the main reason that that no one's really getting tripped up, and I gotta give him credit on that. You know, even if he doesn't do some crazy fills, and most of the stuff he does in the album are just kind of beats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it, without him, it, it I think it'd be a very different band. Yeah, I think it's it's weird the 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 like that one member of the band is kind of like what brings it all together uh which i think it's that on our expanded it's the drummer um with these guys i think it's the same thing i think the drummer it well like i was saying he's not playing anything that's blowing my mind and it might blow my mind a little bit more as we talk through this because i i didn't even notice weird time signatures and if that's the case that i'm like <laughs> dude if you can fly under the radar and not even make me notice that then that's pretty uh impressive but yeah, he he uh he definitely is in the pocket, man. He's really really good, and oh, I, yeah. like I said, I love like how they go into this weird Latiny, almost like carnival music. Like you don't expect to hear that in a pop punk song, and it was very different, very cool. And I love the tongue in cheek lyrics, man. The the song of the the title of the song is if this if this tour doesn't kill you, I will. Yeah, it's the 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 song matter is. Not something you would usually see, but I think it it very conveys that they're like they're like they're honest with each other enough, and they're comfortable enough with each other that they can make a song like this and like keep playing night after night. Yeah, essentially talking about how how sick of each other they are. (laughs) (laughs) 
and it's not like it's not like they hate each other but it doesn't matter who you're with if you go for a year touring and you're stuck with these same four guys in a in a van you know just going wherever getting a it, horrible sleep schedule horrible food like the, something's gonna get on your nerves <laughs> oh dude I, that's how i knew uh after a while of being in our band and playing of just enough shows to get the feel of what it really is like to be in a band and, and what it really is like to to try and do this as often as we were even we were only playing maybe once a week at on a good week you know yeah. but Oh man, yeah. I I realized because my I thought my dream was I want to be in a band and I want to tour and I want to record and this is just what I want to be my life. And after a solid year of trying to just play local shows, I knew that touring wasn't for me. Hmm. I knew I wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, if I did, it would have to be. I would have to really think of a lot of ways to make myself not get depressed and to enjoy every part of the process because just i mean just the smells of the van alone i wouldn't be able to deal there's there's a lot that goes into touring man even even just the little week-long tour that burn band went on it's very enlightening and Mm -hmm. it shows you you know kind of things you didn't really know that you needed and things that you had no idea you were going to deal with. You think it's going to be like romantic. You, you think it's going to be romantic. You're in a new mm-hmm. city every on day. On the road. On the road, meeting new people or whatever. And uh, from my experience, it is it is not that. I mean, we, have a, we had a very DIY operation with both bands, with Mortales as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, we never had any agents or managers or anything. We did everything ourselves. Uh, eventually, we were, we had enough of a reputation that we hardly had to ask for shows anymore, which is an absolute uh, a blessing. You yeah, know? I was trying to think of another word except blessing, but it's a blessing. But it, it was like it. I don't like that word either, but it was a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> I think, it, you know, it talks to the that we were good. But also it is very lucky. I mean, it was the same thing with my band in, in uh, high school that we, after a while, we stopped having to ask for shows and started getting offers. And it really is. I mean, in high school, especially, I was so fucking lazy that I stopped looking for shows because we would get offers. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I, I would take the offer and that, that was the show we were playing that month. I'm not trying to play another show because no one offered us another one. <laughs> And it, and it kind of got to that point with Mortalis where at first we were begging for shows and then we had to start denying shows because we were getting too many requests. And yeah. also because there were a few venues that I refused to play at again. <laughs> which will go unnamed. Yeah, which I will not name. But it was, it, yeah, I think that that process of like the three years that we were like really trying to go at this hard, it, sh- it did show me this, that, that life is a lot harder than you think. Yeah, it's 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 not romantic at all. It's really rough. And uh, and a lot of times not a lot comes out of it. You're really yeah. lucky if something comes out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I love the line in this where he says, I'm trying not to let you get in my head, but every line, every, every goddamn, goddamn syllable, syllable that you say makes me want to gouge, gouge my eyes out with a power drill. <laughs> That's an actual two lines of this song. Somehow he makes it rhyme and work syllable and power drill really clever writing too yeah and like you read the lyrics and you're like how on earth does he fit that into this like that doesn't feel like stream of consciousness 
Yeah. <laughs> Almost, it feels, yeah. Yeah. And then you and then you realize it's rhyming, and then you realize like, oh my god, he's writing a paragraph and somehow singing it in a cadence that it fits in the in the. He's really good, man. The singer I don't even know his I didn't know his name, but he's he's really good. He's perfect for this type of music, and I he is one of those guys that you worry about, <laughs> like with Fiddler. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, the, those guys that are that you listen to how strained they are when they're playing this music, and it's it really like this is a passion even to a fault. It sounds like with for this guy that he's just, he knows that it's killing him slowly, trying to do this, but he knows he's not meant for anything else. It seems yeah. like. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, dude. But this was the song, like, like I said, a great opener because of like the guitars are so fuzzy, and I did not expect <laughs> fuzzy, distorted guitars, and that set such a great precedent for the whole rest of the record. So, what did you think of the transition into DVP? I didn't even notice it. All, oh, all of a sudden, he starts singing a different melody, and I had to open up my Spotify and be like, like "Is this a like second. a weird outro? Not, yeah, <laughs> is this like a a third verse?" Uh, which again, like, well, you know, this will come up probably multiple times, but the I love that he just has it's mostly three, two verses, two choruses, a bridge, and it's like we're done. Yeah. And I, I think that's great. These songs are two and a half to three minutes each, perfect for pop punk. Just get in, get out. You know, do no self indulgence. Yeah, but I loved the transition. I didn't even, like I said, I didn't even notice it. So I thought it was yeah. really uh, seamless. And uh, and and like DVP, like they it it doesn't the energy doesn't stop it's like another like really aggressive but has group singing going like whoa yeah really catchy uh group vocals and yeah i i loved dvp a lot i, I this is dvp was a song that sold me on pup you know because i yeah. heard about them and i listened to a couple songs on their first album and i was like ah, all right all right all right uh and then this album came out and I like I I read about it on a Reddit post or something like great transitions between songs and like the first two songs were on there I'm like yeah I guess I should check it out I listened to DVP and I'm like oh my god yeah <laughs> like this this is what I've been looking for you know yeah this it's deceptively it's a it's a really well composed song too it's it you hear it and it's like you can you can almost picture like a band in you know freshman year of college or something just getting together to play this music and it's like they're not taking it that seriously hmm. but the musicianship is just like it's it's, it's great it's great yeah. so you, when you you listen to it and you go this sounds simple but it's not <laughs> and you it's there's a lot of little nuances that they're doing there where the guitars kind of cut their distortion off and the drums are doing like a little marchy type beat during the during the o's in the chorus and mm-hmm. I, yeah, and it's really heavy fucking lyrical content also <laughs> on a song that's super happy sounding and catchy. And I I I love it when bands can when bands don't feel the need to show off. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, there's only one solo on this whole album. Yeah. Like and, one guitar solo. You know, they they they're all deceptively good musicians. And you wouldn't really notice it, but you listen to the songs more and more, and you think, "Oh, okay, yeah, this this takes some skill. They could, they could be doing a lot more than they are, but that also could be, if they did that, it might be a hindrance to the music, you know." And I I just love when a band yeah. is like, "Here's what we're gonna do. Here's what would sound best for this song. 
and we're going to do it. Yeah. Like, like there's no, yeah, there's no fat on it. There's no indulgence. It's, it's not like, Oh, we got to throw in a, a solo here. Oh, we need a guitar solo after the second chorus. Yeah. Like there, there is none of that. There, there really are. Yeah. There might just be the one guitar solo on this whole album. I'm pretty sure it's just the one, but yeah. Uh, it's DVP. So any, anything else on that one in particular? Just the, the, just the lyrical, content like what he's talking about in the song about basically like getting over a breakup and drinking to deal with it also another perfect bar song right <laughs> yeah dude i want to be there and going whoa get drunk in a catch shut up <laughs> oh man and it's it, and that that's that was another one that was very reminiscent of say anything to me where it's this really catchy but very emotional song and then you realize what he's talking about and it kind of kind of catches you off guard a little bit when you really listen to the lyrics and it's like oh this like this it took me way too long it took me until like more than halfway on the album to realize that this is a breakup record <laughs> well, i don't know about, way i don't long. know about a breakup record but it kind of seems like it is no i mean there are a lot of songs about uh, a relationship but I, I don't know i mean maybe maybe we'll go through the songs and i'll be like huh yeah i guess it is that's not the the that's not what i got from it though well maybe it's just about the choices that he choose that he chooses in his everyday abuse yeah the whole album is basically like being abused in one way or another whether he's abusing himself or being abused by like a toxic partner or toxic ex yeah that is he uh i was on the genius lyrics and he said that him like doubting himself and his self-esteem and his self-destructive uh habits was a very present part of this album and kind of snuck its way yeah. into just about every song. I mean, the next song is pretty much all about it. Doubts. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the one I got that uh, little quote from uh, doubts. Another like the, the chorus hits very hard. You can imagine the entire bar kind of like singing it together. Now that I yeah. got nothing, you're having your doubts. Just, maybe about a uh, relationship that you ruined or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it's, it's like uh, now that you realize that like, it's going to be hard to be with me mm. because maybe I don't have a lot of money or maybe I'm going to be gone all the time. Yeah. Like now you want out, you know, once things get hard, you, you want to, you want to bounce. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was, I was kind of confusing the two because DVP is more about the relationship falling apart because of his drinking and then doubt is kind of about his coping with the breakup or coping with depression with more drinking, <laughs> which is really healthy. Yeah. I, it's probably one of the healthier coping mechanisms is just like yeah. pure alcoholism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you live to forget, you yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I drink heavily before we record these podcasts cause I just don't <laughs> want to do it. I mean, I'm doing it right now. You, you yeah. see, oh, you're like, drinking? Well, it's so hard to record these things because I got 40s taped to my hands, right? And I have to finish yeah. them before the podcast ends. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I do that with two 40 ounces of tea in each hand. <laughs> Dang, just dude! Down chamomile and get fucking just get fu <laughs> relax the fuck out. Yeah, just get so chilled out. <laughs> I get so mellow, dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> I had a friend, uh, Andres. I don't know if you ever met him, but he asked me if uh, if I how high I get before we record these episodes, and I'm just like, I can't, dude. I don't. <laughs> he was like, Oh, you you just you you guys sound comfortable. Like I assumed that you were both smoking. I'm just like, no, neither of us are. And uh, and I think it would make it. I am surprisingly not nervous before we record these because it does kind of feel like we're just talking. Yeah, sure. Like, I don't think there's any like expectation, but it's, I feel like if I smoked, I would get really nervous. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I'd be doing myself a disservice if I like smoked or drank or anything. Cause I want to like, you know, be focused and try to nail yeah. everything I want to talk about. And if I'd, if it's getting too relaxed and we're getting like off topic and I can't remember things, then I would just, Oh, we're being quiet. Yeah. <laughs> like I would, that's I would what, feel I, that's what happened to me about that. You yeah. Know? That's because it, it's one or two things for me when I'm, when I'm smoking is I either get really quiet and very introspective. So I just get kind of like, I don't want to talk, uh, or I get super talkative and I'm already talkative. So <laughs> I'm a, I'm, ver, I'm a verbose motherfucker. So if, if I, getting that certain level of like highness there's where, no stopping it i'll just go off dude and then it's, and then it's not a conversation anymore it's it's me yelling over you well i i think this can lead well into a uh fans really requested this segment uh we got huge uproar uh how yeah. high were you when you were listening to this album lucas oh you know i i love the fans i love that they <laughs> that they ask for this I think it's it is an important thing to talk about. Yeah, I think it. It's, we need to normalize uh, it in society. We need, yeah, and we need to uh, realize that it makes everything better. Yes, including listening to music. Yeah. Um, but I will be honest. I was stone sober every time I listened to this. Wow. Okay. Do you? But it would be great when you're high. <laughs> okay, that was my next question. Is do you think it'd be better if you were high? Or, I mean, this isn't really an album you listen to high, right? Like, this is pretty in-your-face. Yeah, you know, I was I honestly was thinking about that before we started recording, that there's there's a part of stoner culture that I don't... I don't like stoner culture. I, I don't like weed culture a lot. I think it's misrepresented a lot, and I think stoners make stoners look bad. Sure. So, I think uh, I would... To me, everything is part of the culture if you're doing it when you're, if you enjoy it when you're high. Mm. So, uh, making really good food to me is part of stoner culture. Like drinking really good wine or like a really good beer or a really good like bottle of whiskey or something, that is part of stoner culture. Like, yeah. So, music is a huge part, obviously. And to me, it's like if I already like pop punk, so why wouldn't I like it? <laughs> When I'm stoned, I listen to metal when I'm high. I li like this anything that, anything that I already like in my sober, sure state. I I'm gonna like high. So yeah, no, this would be a, a great record high. But I will say, I don't normally, I don't usually pay a lot of attention to like production and tone, and I I don't tip, I don't always like comment on it. Yeah. To me, very few times do I hear a record that to me is either like this sounds so good. Like the resignation. Right. And I was like, this, this is just something about this that is just so, it sounds so good. 
And rarely also do I listen to something except maybe a live record. I hate live records, but <laughs> rarely do I listen to an album and go, oh my God, the production is horrible. Unless it's like 1970s punk music or something. You know? Yeah, no, I'm I'm the same way, honestly. Like it's very hard for yeah. me to notice that stuff unless it's, I don't know, like Toto or, uh, you know, or just <laughs> That's some. so random. Di- I'm, here's the thing, man. In sound Do they school, have amazing production? They're gods. They are gods. Oh, really? Really. Uh, there's that one album, Aja, I think it's called Aja. I could be, I, I know Africa. So they have a song, they have an album called Asia. It's, it's, they're all over the place. <laughs> they're going all over the town. They're the world's band. Oh God. I, in Dominican Republic, Toto means vagina. Nice. Yeah. Sick. Just a little, yeah. Like, I don't know if you ever noticed in, in a lot of public restrooms, the brand of the toilets is called Toto. Toto. And my dad used to laugh anytime we were at the movies and we go to pee because he'd be like, ha <laughs> That means vagina. Like, oh, at, least, nice. at least you never grow up, right, Dad? Uh, oh, God. It, is it Steely Dan? You're trying to find is, album is name? Steely Dan who I'm thinking about? Oh, okay. But that, yeah. Toto. Steely Dan is one of those bands that when I listen to them, I'm like, wow, the production is just like next level. Like the warmth is what I noticed in Steely Dan. Is That's what I noticed on Resignation. Toto also has uh, fantastic uh, stuff. But no, AJA Aja by Steely Dan is like heralded as one of like the best produced albums of all time. It's used as basically like the benchmark uh in, wow in, you know in sound school and you yeah you know yeah uh so that was that was what one thing that was like what gave me a lot of appreciation for silly dan was like i said i don't normally call out production or really pay attention to it but that was one thing that i noticed immediately i'm like why does this sound so good yeah <laughs> you can on a good pair on a, with a good pair of headphones it it's amazing you, it's just it's it, you could just hear it you know, it, you can't, maybe you can't pinpoint why, but you can just hear it and you can, you just say to yourself, like, this is, this is like, this is special. It's like pleasing to my yeah. ear. And that's when I know that the production has something to call out. Cause if, if it's, if, if I'm enjoying listening to it just because of the sensation that it's giving me when I listen <laughs> to it, just the way it wiggles the, your the, little eardrums. Ooh, it just kind of fucking flicks my bean uh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you like that. Uh, uh, I, I, this album doesn't have quite yeah. that that well of production. No, that's what I was getting at. Was I don't normally call that out, and especially in the negative. But that is my only note or my only like gripe about this record is that the tone is not great. It could it's a lot of high end and not enough low end. And it was the same when I played it on my stereo. I have nice stereo speakers. It, it was just very high end, very trebly. And it was the same thing listening to it on, on headphones it was a little better on some nice stereo headphones, like over the ear. I could see that for yeah. sure. It's, it's sometimes it's very hard to pick out where the bass is. Yeah, I didn't hear the bass. I only heard the bass on one of the songs yeah. where it's isolated and they distorted it. So it's like, it's, it has yeah. its own moment in that song. But yeah, I, and I don't typically like, I don't pay attention to tone. Like I don't get tone. I don't get a tone bone when I listen to like a really, you know, like I never thought about it growing up. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, we all know about the tone. Bone. Yeah. But I kind of lost my bone at when I was thinking Dang. about production, listening to this album. That was my only complaint. I, I mean, Do you concur. I, I see what you're saying, but honestly, I don't think it retracts so much from the album. I do think it could use a little more low end, 
but it just kind of makes it sound raw and yeah uh just a little you know a little a little annoying which is which might have been what they were going for it is a little it is <laughs> it's a, a little, little snotty yes for sure yeah i totally agree on that it, it it could use more low end and i to me you really notice it on the symbols of the drums they're scratchy at times and i do enjoy the rawness of a lot of types of music so again i loved this album but that was my only complaint all right like i would have to set my eq in a certain way on my stereo to to feel like i'm, I'm it sounds like the way i want it to <laughs> sure i want to get a tone bone hey man what you do in private is your own business all right Brett, next album you pick, make sure I get a bone. Ah, uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. Hey, we'll see about the next album you pick. Is you, is the next album you pick going to give me Ooh, a tone bone? Uh, I don't think it will. No. Yeah. So <laughs> that one also needs more bass. I I've thought that forever, uh, but we're not going to reveal what that is yet. Mm, that's uh, for the end of the episode. I want to get to one of my favorite songs on the album. Yes. Sleep in the heat. Sleep Track in the four. heat. I think that, that was is the single. one where his voice, I was like, oh boy, <laughs> he's it's, almost, it almost sounds like he's joking the way he's singing. Yeah, for sure. This, uh, uh, I think they had a music video for this one that Finn Wolfhard was in. Uh, and oh it, shit. I heard about that a long time ago. I think it, it was a little viral, uh, cause it was like Finn Wolfhard and a dog and that's a killer combination. Fucking Finn Wolfhard, man. One of the luckiest kids in the world. <laughs> he has a his band is I can't I can't listen to that music. But they were on Jimmy fucking Kimmel. Yeah, because he's Finn Wolfhard. Like you, like his two friends in that band are the two. They're even luckier than he is. Well, yeah, just for knowing sure. this fucking kid. I mean, yeah. I, 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 well, let's not get into that. <laughs> okay, let's not get into his van. I you're getting me angry, but. uh yeah, no, I really liked the the beginning of Sleep in the Heat. It felt very the guitars were doing like a little Latin-y, and uh, and again a little more Latin feels. Dude, I love Yeah, dude. I love the lead guitarist as well. He he does good work, man. And again, he's kinda like the drummer. He's understated. Yeah. It's it's weird. Like, how can these guys be so loud yet so understated you know what i'm saying yeah like you you would listen to the album and you wouldn't really think twice but even even in the last song in doubts like he he had a really good part and it's a little it's a little janky it might be a mm-hmm. little latiny but it it definitely sounds it doesn't sound a lot like many other lead guitar parts you would hear yeah i agree i think the guitar work and the drum work separates these guys from a lot of other pop punk that I used to listen to because of those two things. Like they are doing a lot of different, a lot of things that you wouldn't find in this type of music often. And it's, it's nice. It's, it's a very welcomed change. I love to hear that yeah. those types of influences in, in a song that you wouldn't expect to hear it. Like I, I love when a metal song, you know, breaks down in the middle of it and all of a sudden they're playing a classical guitar and they're playing like a flamenco thing. I'm like, I, I love that <laughs> shit. It's beautiful, dude. Clearly, I love that shit because Arx Bandits does that stuff all the time where they bring in five different genres of music and they blend it all together and, and then it's just Arx Bandits. Like, I feel like Pup is pop punk, um, but they're just, they're pup punk. Pup 
pop punk. <laughs> I'm sure they never heard that before. I was gonna say I, there's no way I I'm the first person who thought of that. Tone bone and and pop punk. Uh, so this this is this song's in six eight. It Quick is. Yeah. I yeah. never would have. I never would have thought that. I know the drums are doing a little more. I don't even know. I I never would have thought this was in six eight. I thought it's so easy to to just bob your head to. Yeah. Yeah, and 6-8 is probably, like, the next easiest time signature to bob your head to, and I think that's the one they usually go to. Uh, but they they do it in a way. They, they're, they like, yeah. Arts Bandits, like Rush. They can do these odd time signatures, and you could go through the album, like Lucas did, without even realizing it. Yeah, for real. And that, But now that I'm, I'm listening to it right now, because I actually was able to put it on, on YouTube, I hope I don't get cutouts <laughs> on my mic, but... <laughs> I do hear it. Dun 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 dun. That waltzy. Yeah, that. Yeah, I hear the six eight now, and you really don't notice it. It just sounds like it's it's like any other song on the record. But I love the the part at the end with all the little like communal woe going on. Whoa. Yeah. That's a great. That's that's a nice little addition. And it's again like you just wanna you wanna see this in a bar. This is like bar music, and I would never have thought that. I could picture it's, so many people hardcore, like, dude. with their steins and just <laughs> with their ale and their and their mead. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I think it, barcore, barcore. Oh my god, hardcore barcore, hardcore barcore, dude. Yeah, and it took me <laughs> a long time to realize that he was talking about a pet chameleon. Yeah, that died yeah, after right? he paid for a really expensive surgery or something. <laughs> Another another thing you do not hear, like you'll hear about, you know, dog songs, but a chameleon song? Yeah, a chameleon song. And it's such a great title for the song. And it took me, I feel stupid yeah, when it takes right? me this long to realize this shit. But Sleep in the Heat is such a great song to write about your pet chameleon that died. Such a great yeah. title. And, he, you know, he it's it's a chameleon, which is not a traditional pet and you wouldn't think someone would be so emotional about it but he really gets across yeah how special this this pet was to him yeah you know you hear it in his voice like like you said earlier and uh like the last lines uh how he would spend all of his savings and loans Mm -hmm. uh just to see you again but i know i won't you know and you can almost Ugh. It's sad, it's, man. It's, it's a heartbreaking end. It really, really is. Yeah, once I realized what he was talking about, it uh, it just makes you think about all the you know pets that you've lost, and you're like, God, that's, it doesn't matter if it's a dog or a chameleon or a fucking bird. You know, you get so connected. It's, it's Yeah. I, I can see getting a connection with a chameleon. I see people posting pictures of their pet fucking rats, and I can't stand rats, but when I look at it, I'm just like, oh, oh. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> That's a cute. And at right? the end of the, yeah, yeah, I mean it doesn't matter, man. It, it, this guy was emotional. He felt so strongly about this this chameleon. He had to write a song about it. Kind of maybe it was a form of relief for him. Maybe it helped yeah. him get through it a little bit. For sure, man. Writing a song about anything heavy that you're going through is is a form of therapy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, this is all yeah. Sleep in Heat is also one of my favorite songs on the album. But I I mean, there's not a bad song on the album. There 
There really isn't. There's there's one song that I didn't necessarily like that much. Can I guess what it is? <laughs> yeah. My life is over and I couldn't be happier. No, I like it. I like that one. Okay, which one is it? Honestly, the 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 last song. Really? Yeah. It, t- I, I liked it because it was like a traditional closer. It was like a, a slower, quiet song. Yeah. I yeah. I just didn't. I I think they his voice and uh, the energy of the band. It, it, the energy wasn't there on the last song. So it's and I get it. You're ending the album, but to end it on like a on a soft note, I don't think is like the the best way to go out for an album like this. I completely disagree with you. I'm a little upset. Well, you can be upset all the way to the bank. Yeah, sir. well, I'm going to be upset for the next 45 minutes until we finally talk about that fucking song. <laughs> and we will get there. Yeah, but Sleep in the uh, Heat is Sleep in the Heat's great, man. Very, yeah, very it's, it, I I can say this about every song except the last one. So aggressive but so catchy and so fun to listen to. And you don't realize that it's heavy heavy themes. Well, let's uh, let's make our way to the coast, man. That was an interesting song. The the annotations on on that one, like the background of what yeah. he's talking about, yeah, really, really interesting. It's They're Canadian, okay. I'm guessing. Yes, they are Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did you know what DB, DP, DVP was named after? Uh, the Dark Valley Parkway, right? Yeah, some sort of freeway or or highway in Canada. Yeah, I thought that was sense. an interesting little tidbit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is apparently a, a like a, uh, I'm going to say it wrong. All right, do you have it open on Genius? It's an old like story to tell kids not to go near, you know, on thin ice. In, it's yeah, an Inuit so, story. Yeah, it's based off an old Inuit folk story, which is called A Promise is a Promise, which I think is a cool story title um, about children that get dragged down in the ocean by monsters when fishing alone. So the whole point of the story is to teach kids to be careful around thin ice, especially in the spring. And it was an interesting thing that he was talking about in the song too, where like this lake gives you life, but it also takes it away. I love that line. Yeah. Really, really interesting. It's and it's, it's really interesting how he can, he does this on pine point as well, where he kind of puts himself into this story. Uh, Yeah. It's not exactly autobiographical. No, I mean it, it. Maybe parts of it are, but this is it, this is just him telling someone else's story, telling it from someone else's point of view, and he does it. I think he does it well. In in the, he really doesn't have many lines to get across uh, these things, but I think he makes the most of 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 these lines. Man, so many so many group vocals too, like. They're, they're usually they reserve them for the choruses or the bridges, but in this one, there's, it's almost like a, a rap song. It reminds me of that he's there. He has a certain every few lines or whatever. Then he has a group vocal singing that next line with him. And I think it adds a lot of energy. The drums are really cool in this too. All the toms. Yeah, yeah, I I, did, I love them, man. Great guitar work too. And they're yeah, all over the place. Those, those group vocals on the verse just kind of give it a more eerie feel i feel like this is probably the most eerie maybe not disturbing but kind of off-putting song on the record yeah the guitars are playing a little like um dis how do you say like dissident dissonant yeah yeah dissonant uh 
just kind of very like creepy creepy ambient kind of yeah noises maybe not even notes just noises yeah the part right before the one one of the only solos that you find on the record yeah is on this and yeah the part right before there the two guitars are playing it's two guitars right or is it one they're two guitars yeah they're playing like slightly different notes like maybe a half step up or down from each other so it does give it this like yeah they're 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 combating those two notes so it, it makes you it, it does a really cool trick on the brain that you're like I don't like this. Like you're not supposed to like it, but then you do. Yeah. And it, it just gets across this eerie, this desolate fishing town where, you know, people go missing in this lake. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, this, this song does what I think we tried to do for uh, one of our songs off. Look <laughs> what Alive. we tried to do. <laughs> we did it. We did it. But well, which, which song? It's uh, it's the one where you were like, yeah, I want us to, it to be silent for some parts, and then we all come in. Uh, oh, goodness. That's like every song. I want to do that on every song. You're gonna make me look up "Look Alive" by Mortale. Fact checking you. Uh, but they, they're very soft in moments, and then they come in hard. And that guitar riff, these guys are amazing at riffs, and just. It, yeah. oh it's so dreary and like yeah a looming and doomy and the the riff on this song is great the dude like it's really it's all over the place and it does kind of add to the the chaotic chaotic feel a little bit to it yeah and i love this is one of the songs that he pushes his vocal range to the just the like not not like on uh sleep in the heat where he's singing really high, but he's singing soft mm. to where it's almost, it almost, it sounds a little goofy. This is, he's singing high in his range, but he's screaming it. Yeah. It's dragging me down. Like, down it's so. Oh, so good, dude. I, that's the kind of stuff that his voice works perfect for. That's what I want to hear him do from now on. And, <laughs> No big, big fucking surprise. He had a, a nodule in his throat or something like that. That's that's so straining on your voice. If you don't know how to do that correctly, yeah, yeah, ooh, that'll fuck you up. The singer of Avenged Sevenfold had to get um, all these. I don't even know about all these like nodules or some shit removed from his vocal cords because they. He was a screamer in the yeah. early days of Avenged Sevenfold, and then he became a fucking Iron Maiden copycat. But it was that that was his his reasoning. He was like, well, I don't scream anymore because I just, I almost destroyed my vocal cords. And then I think it came out a few years later that he was, he admitted that that wasn't true. And he said he just wanted to stop screaming because (laughs) they didn't like, they didn't like the, they felt like they were pigeonholing themselves in a certain level of like fame that you can get at. So they wanted to be on the radio. So they stopped screaming. Huh. I didn't know about that. That was disappointing for me because I love early Avenged Sevenfold. And then I heard you know, city of evil and, and it eventually grew on me and I absolutely love it, but I can't listen to anything that they've done since. And it's because they're, they're not the same band anymore, but it's, you know, this, this dude is on this song, especially it, it, I noticed it, that he is just at the very edge of his range. Yeah. And I love when singers do that. (laughs) He, Matt Embry does that all the time. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a part on the, uh, like on the seventh song where he kind of does that and it doesn't sound so good. Yeah. Like, when yeah, I my came life is home over. right now. 
where it's like, ah, all right. Yeah, that's what I mean. It can get a little too whiny, but when he's screaming, it it just it exudes so much emotion. Yeah, it could, he could be saying anything, and I would be I would believe him, and, and I'd be I'd think that he's fucking feeling it. Speaking of emotion, let's go to old wounds. Oof, which that's the most aggressive song so far on the record. Oh yeah, I think it's the so loud, the the, the most raw, in your face, aggressive pounding crunchy nasty song uh in, in all the best ways yeah for sure because because it, it's all that but it's still really really catchy yeah and it, yeah and there's a lot of gang vocals in it as well as like every song yeah as every song of course they love their gang yeah, vocals they also have that song especially sounds the most fuzzy and raw of any of yeah. the songs on the record. There's a lot of parts of like feedback happening, mm. you know? Uh, I love the, I love the, it's, it seems to be about like a clingy X is what the song's about. Like an X that just keeps fucking coming back uh-huh. and, and won't leave you alone. So I love the line. Want to know if I'm still a prick? Well, I am. <laughs> it's like screams it. I'm like, ah, I love that. That's what makes I love the tongue and cheekness where this dude is like so honest, but it's like he's talking about really heavy shit. But the way he talks about it, it's it's enjoyable to listen to. You're not getting depressed from yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. He th- there's still a little a little humor in there, just enough so that he can he can step back a little bit from this and maybe not have like an emotional breakdown every show. Yeah, I know <laughs> this, but this must be such a great release for him. Like it, you know, on the songs that are personal to him and he's not kind of placing himself into a, a narrative. This is yeah. a, I mean, this is a fucking release. <laughs> old wounds is a release. Cause he's talking about like, oh, why yeah. do you keep ripping I up mean, old wounds? Right. What was that? That well, He's talking about like, why do you keep ripping up old wounds? Like you keep like, re-hurting yeah. like you keep bringing all this shit up and you keep like this ex is coming back and she's like ah, my you know shitty new boyfriend and and he's just and he's coming back and he's like why did i fucking take you back like you're like we didn't work either obviously yeah. for like uh, some reason and why do we why are we trying this again yeah and in the in the bridge where he says like i'm trying to get straight why the fuck i came back in the first place it seems like he's also contributing like he's also kind of going back yeah like codependence it, it's kind of like co a, a toxic relationship that neither of them can get away from yeah like I, like they can't quit each other yeah i can't quit Some you can't quit you <laughs> and this is another one that uh very stream of consciousness lyrics at times with not a lot of concern mm-hmm. over like is this rhyming or does this fit or whatever he's like this is the line <laughs> I, I feel like they wrote this song probably in the span of like 10 to 15 minutes. He just came in the studio in the practice space and he was like, I'm fucking pissed. Let's just you know? Yeah. And the guitars are all over the place too. Like they're all, oh, for sure. they're all on the exact same page on this song where the guitars are playing notes that don't even seem to be in the, in the same key. Yeah. But it sounds so <laughs> good. They make it work. Somehow they make it work. That's, that is like a sign of, of musicianship is when you can, I, I, how many bands have you heard or songs that you've heard that is really aggressive or it is really angry or it is really dissonant, but it, just because it's all of those things doesn't mean it's good. It yeah. doesn't mean that they play it well either. 
it, yeah. And Pup, they're they're able to keep control of this stuff, right? Like they're able to reel it in, and it's not like this this stuff is getting away from them. Like they're they're able to to keep this chaos kind of in in the palms of their hands, you know. Yeah. Uh, and they're able to form this craziness into stuff that can be catchy and maybe even accessible. I think it's I, I think it is accessible for anyone that likes for any fan of rock music. I don't think it would be I don't think this would be uh, an album that someone who listens to mainly pop music. I don't think they would like this. <laughs> they, they might like one or two songs on the album but yeah. probably probably not the whole thing no i think this is definitely you you have to enjoy loud aggressive music to like this despite how catchy and fun it is yeah it's still a very loud record which again is not what i expected i didn't expect yeah. it to be this happy and this <laughs> angry <laughs> uh so for the next song they they do kind of clean up the guitars a little like it's, yeah, it's a the, bit of a smoother great. tone, you know, I love the way they kind of switch between these songs. Cause the coast was, you know, kind of a, a slow, but hard hitting, uh, song. And then old wounds comes in, which is just raw, fast, hard. Uh, my life is over with those kind of, cl- that kind of clean distortion, that iconic pup lead guitar doing whatever it feels like doing. Yeah, this could easily be on like an American Pie soundtrack. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's it is. This is probably one of the most accessible songs on the record because it's so catchy. Like this could be in a Disney original movie. But it's all it's about something not so family friendly. <laughs> no, he talks about being so drunk he can't get a heart on. Yeah, uh, apparently the the backstory for this song is that his girlfriend caught him jacking off in his I room saw that. and it like tore a rift between them for some reason so like that's that's like the backstory i don't know why it would do that i don't know why your girlfriend would be so pissed off at you just jacking off dude you'd be surprised a lot of people really? take that personally especially if you're in a relationship because if you're if you're jerking off in your girlfriend's home then it's like you'd rather jerk off than have sex with me well you know, maybe that's what this song's about. Yeah, I, I so I saw that too, and I saw that someone else <laughs> basically questioned that that analysis, and they were just like, "Where in the song do you are you putting this together that he was caught jerking off?" Like I couldn't, familiar in the lyrics, I couldn't put it together either. All I could put together is that she came home and he was drunk again, and she was like, "God damn it, like you're fucking drunk again." That's that's what I got from it. I mean, Not, yeah, you were I, home that's and I, I was got. jerking off upstairs and I was so drunk that I forgot you were home. Maybe his girlfriend came home and she wanted to get a little sexy and he was so drunk he couldn't do it. Because in that line, he says, uh, what is it? I can't drive. I can barely stand. Forget getting it up. Yeah. <laughs> so it might be that he's just fucking wasted again. And his girlfriend's like, great, I'm not going to get any bone tonight. Keep using no the bone. bone. I gotta move on. No tone many... bones tonight. Yeah, no tone <laughs> bones for her. <laughs> but that's another. Yeah, that that's a. Uh, it's a really short song too. But it's it's uh, mm-hmm. very. I just I, I feel like I can't say it enough. It's the same thing on the Run the Jewels record, where we're just like oh the 
the beats are so good. They're so hype. It's it's the same thing with this album where it's just like, oh, they're so catchy. I can't get over it. Like, every song's so catchy. It's just, yeah, the, the gang vocals that happen on nearly every chorus help kind of reel you in, you know, to sing them along. That helps with the catchiness. The guitar is usually always catchy. They, his melodies are great. His melodies are great. They 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 got it all, man. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, this is this is a a really solid rock record, and uh, for sure, as it played out, I think because of the themes and because of a lot of the melodies and the and the ways that they write the songs, it 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 is it can be considered pop punk, but I don't think it is. Honestly, I would just consider it punk. Yeah, I would just say punk because it's aggressive. They're angry. They're talking about, you know, what's on their minds without any hesitation. And if it's catchy, then it's, you know, then it's catchy. But I don't think that alone makes it pop punk. No, and, and I think the the melodies, his the way he sings is very pop punk. The nasally, whiny, high-pitched <laughs> voice. Sure. But it's not pop punk to push that voice to the limit to where you're screaming. Mm. That's, that that's where the more hardcore side of punk comes in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's uh really original music to be honest. Like I was looking up related artists and I didn't know any of them except maybe Jeff Rosenstock. I'd heard of him. I think I've heard a couple songs by him, but like they're, they are in a, in a certain sub genre that I don't know anything about this. Cause you call this punk, but it's not, Fat records to get to get to get to get to get to you know it's sure. it's not punk like that, yeah. It it's not hardcore. It's not newfound glory. It's definitely really unique, and I and and I understand because I started hearing about these guys maybe three four years ago, which is probably when this album came out. And I think that's that's I understand now why they got so much recognition because I wasn't even in this scene. I wasn't listening to this type of music a lot four years ago. Yeah. And I understand now listening to it, why they blew up as much as they did, why I was hearing them from people and from, I wasn't, I wasn't seeking the, these guys, but I was hearing about them all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the, on, <laughs> on the next song, can't win. This is, that was the one where I was like, I have to call out the drums. Like I finally have to give this guy props. The drums are incredible on this song. I, this is a very special song to me. Can't win. Yeah. Uh, it's the song, uh, I, I, I was just like driving around listening to this album. It'd been like the sixth or seventh time I've listened to this album. It was not my first listen. Uh, and this song came on and I had to pull over and cry just cause <sighs> man, the, the yeah. lyrics finally got me, you know, they finally got to me. Uh, this song, in there, I, I connect with the lyrics a lot too. I mean, it's it's kind of a loser's anthem, isn't it? You know, like it. That's not how I see it. I I don't see it as a loser's anthem. I see it as a someone who knows that they're not made for the life that for a traditional life. That they're not wired for that. Hmm. So, because yeah, it's his line about like I couldn't live with my nine to five and yeah. he's like I don't know if I'm gonna make it doing this but I know I can't be happy doing that and that is something I've I 
connect with really, really deeply. Right. And that's the journey I'm in right now. And I don't know, maybe was that what you were dealing with when you finally, when the song finally hit you or like, why did it hit you so hard? It, Cause you're not a loser. So I don't think it was like a song that you realized you were a loser finally. Well, I mean, it's, it, it's a combination of like listening to the song enough that I'm finally like, comprehending the lyrics for some reason it takes me a couple listens before i can actually figure out what the dude's saying in the first place and same i don't know maybe i was i was just like at sam's club after some kind of eight or ten hour shift and you know i just want to be something never thought i'd be nothing at all and the chorus comes in feels like i can't win i'm growing up and i'm giving in which is the line that broke me yeah, man, that's that's I feel it. I I definitely and it's starting to hurt. totally understand. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand. It, it is the that kind of like, yeah, that realization that you're just like, oh man, being a kid and thinking about like what life as an adult is going to be like. So rarely does it become what you ex- expected or hoped that it would. For sure, yeah. Uh, but and as the great thing about it is that you do get to have more control over your life after a while. Like once you kind of become financially independent, which does take sacrifice because a lot of times you just end up having to get a job that you don't want to have, but you got to start making your own money. Yeah. Once you kind of start becoming financially independent, then you can make whatever decision you want after a while. It might be a risk that you're taking, but that's your risk to take. You don't have someone, you don't have someone telling you to not, to not do it or that they don't approve. You know, so it's, it is kind of like you as a kid, you get to have all these like little fantasies that most likely are not going to come true. But as an adult, you have more opportunities to actually make those fantasies come true. Yeah. I, but I definitely I, I was feeling this song on a on a very personal level also, because I've I've had those moments where I drive up to my desk job or, you know, I drive up to a, for the third year in a row. I'm working in a cubicle. And yeah, dude, I've had many moments like before walking into work where I, I just, I cry in my car. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I can't believe I'm going back to this thing. I can't believe like, I'm like, you feel stuck. And, uh, it is kind of like a really tough part of growing up. Yeah. Because you, you expect when you're a kid to be like the other kids who get famous or like in high school, right. you expect to be one of like Kurt Cobain or something. Uh, yeah, was, I'm gonna be the one that that does make it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but yeah, most of us aren't gonna be that, you know. And that's just it, there are billions of people on this world, and only a, a a few a few of them, you know, get to the status that you believe you're gonna get to. <laughs> I, I think I read somewhere that you are are you have a better chance of winning the lottery than you do of becoming famous that uh, I and more I think more what they were talking about was you have a better chance of winning the lottery than you do at becoming really famous and successful as a musician (laughs) well Uh, yeah that makes sense I mean how many bands have you heard that you're like these aren't even this this is objectively bad music how are they yeah (laughs) how, how are they getting this level of attention and how many bands, even local bands, have you heard that you know deserve what those other guys have? And, and yeah, 
these dudes that might just be playing at the local bar every Friday night are way more talented than, than 90% of the shit that you hear on the radio. Yeah. It's, it's just kind and of, you realize how lucky you have to be. It's, it's just unfair. And that's, that's all it is. That's just the, that's just life. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, a big thing now that's changing is people are taking this shit into their own hands. How many people are massively popular and famous on Spotify that are not signed to a label? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. We have the like rap is leading the we way. We have the means to completely DIY more so than ever before. Yeah. I think Radiohead was one of the first big bands that I ever saw do something like that, where they just released their own album and they said, "You know what? Pay us if you want. If you don't, just download it. Hmm. We don't care. We just want to put this out." And so some people paid nothing, and some people paid a hundred bucks because they wanted to give Radiohead a hundred bucks because they love them. You know, <laughs> and and that is like the new frontier that we're on where people are becoming successful hundred percent on their own. Yeah. And like the, the age of the entrepreneur is, you know, obviously COVID fucked up a lot of people's plans. <laughs> yeah. But I think, well. I think what a result of this COVID shit being over is that entrepreneurship is just going to blow the fuck up. All these people are sitting around either. They had their business fail or they're trying to start their own thing. And we have nothing but time to think about what the fuck we want to do with our lives now. That's true. Yeah. So many people are stuck at home. You know, that was... we started this podcast because of this shit. <laughs> That's true. We, you could say that we're doing it right now. I honestly feel like I am like this. This might not be what becomes my thing, but it this is a step in the right direction. I'm trying something. Yeah, new. we're doing something. We're, we're actually putting something out, which is yeah. better than just holding it tight to your chest and never never letting it go you know and i think no, we're not waiting for anyone to tell us that we can put this podcast or we're not waiting for anyone to give us a deal yeah. we're doing it on our yeah. own we just and it's something that i genuinely care about and like i genuinely enjoy that's not something that i get out of my day job <laughs> it's true i yeah it's it's something that you can look at you put out there and you can be proud of and you we we did it ourselves man just you and me we're like you you were like we should make a podcast i said i'm in and here we are we're on episode three like a couple weeks later you know it was all it was it was all us yeah i think um i wanted to i was even thinking about this before we started recording like i wanted to give you credit for being one per like one person that i know and there are a few that like are close with me in my life but you are one of the people that like you follow through with any like anything that we've any idea that we've had. You are one of the people that I can I know I can rely on to follow through with it. And I am I that's like a philosophy that I have held on for a long time. And I'm like, I'm not going to say I'm going to do something and then not do it. Because a lot of people talk shit and are too lazy to go actually try it. And I think the fact that like we're on episode three where we've been recording this for three weeks, we're, <laughs> we're staying consistent, you know, we're, we're, we have like a really good, like partnership on this. And it's just, and I don't know how many other people I could be doing this with, Aww. you know, it's, it really is like, I, you get a lot of props in our house for being and uh, you execute and you stick with it. And that's, that is a, trait that's going to get you to where you want to be because a lot of people just want to talk and not, don't want they want things handed to them 
And that's not how shit works. Yeah. You got to go and get it. And I think that's like, this is a step in the right direction. And I don't expect this to be the end all be all, yeah. but I expect this to lead to something else. I, well, you know, I, I got it from my mama. <laughs> my, <laughs> on, that and that butt. Honestly, like she's, she's the most hard working person I've ever seen in my entire life. And I just think like, God, if I could just be like 10% as hard working as her, then, you know, maybe something can happen. And I've seen far too many things just go by the wayside. And it, ever since even middle school, you know, I was trying to start a band and get stuff out and people are, yeah, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. And then they, they never really stick through. And that's, that's why I'm glad you suggested it, man. Cause that's why I, I just really don't ask people to do that kind of stuff anymore. Right. Cause I just, you've been burned a few too, too many yeah. times. <laughs> it's, you know, it's uh, yeah, starting you get to disappointed, hurt, right? As Pup would say. <laughs> yeah, you get a, it, it. It's hard to, cause you, so many things that I, so many ideas that I want to do, I do need someone else to do it with me. I, I, I'm not, I'm not a self starter in that way. Like it does help when you have someone else, a keep you accountable, yeah. and be someone else to yeah. help. <laughs> so like that's, I think that's huge, and I, I've tried so many things on my own and it, I realize how much work it is. And I'm just like, man, I don't know if I'm passionate enough to do this. And then I try and do it with other people and, and it's so hard to rely on people. <laughs> well, that's so like, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, that's, that's kind of why I really loved Mortales. And when I first entered the band, y'all practiced two days a week, which y'all had no idea was absolutely un. Like no one does that six hours a week, <laughs> but I, 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 I never objected because I thought, well, if they're practicing twice a week, that means they're getting stuff done, you know? And like, I, whenever it came to music stuff, it was, we, we could always rely on each other for that. And that was great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You had four guys who were really dedicated. Yeah. And you and know, like believed in what we were doing. Yeah, for sure. That's, that, that might be the most important part is actually like believing in what you were doing and actually putting some effort, putting some weight and responsibility into it instead of being, you know, three steps back away from it and be like, oh, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. We, we we worked for it. Not, you know, right now it's 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 it, we can't really do much about it. Everything's <laughs> on pause right now. Everything's on pause, but. I, I know that if it if it all ended tomorrow, we would get back next week and we'd we would go at it with the same amount of, of fervor as hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah, man, I think um and I and I don't blame you like when you left Sam's and you're fucking listening to this <laughs> to can't win and you're like, God damn, what the fuck am I doing at Sam's? Like well, what am I you know? Personally, ever since literally sixth grade, I you know, I, I wanted to be in a band and make this music and I've been working for it until now, you know, and it, it's just yeah. like when you, I have some, I have, we, we have things to show for it. We have albums and stuff, but it can get very, uh, hard <laughs> when it, when it doesn't really work out how you want it to. 
We it's can't make a living off it. It, it, it. Like, my original goal was to get famous, uh, and then it was just to make a living off it. And yeah, you're like, I'll settle with just being able to make money and if, live if, <laughs> like comfortably, even if it's in an apartment. Like, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, like I'm I'm not a person that's like, ooh, I'm gonna get my riches. For, but if yeah. I can just like make my living from playing music, then that's all I could ever ask for. Uh, you know, you don't want to wake up in a new Bugatti. <laughs> I'm not trying to wake up in a new Bugatti. <laughs> yeah, but. I think I think the older you get, and you might be like going through that also. It's like you realize that you're okay with a simpler life as long as you get to do what you enjoy. It's not it's not done, man. I'm I'm almost ten years older than you, and I'm <laughs> I'm trying, you know. So it's yeah, like to yeah. me, like I'm super excited about this podcast. I'm super excited about the album reviews I'm doing. I'm excited about this you know, fake radio show I'm hosting and everything. Cause all of it to me is just like, this is all surrounding music, which is something that I, I love and I want to be involved in, in one way or another. And I did realize during our time in Mortalis that I was like, maybe playing music is not how I'm going to be involved in this. You yeah, know, like that, maybe that's yeah. not what's going to be my thing. Cause I'm not the most talented person anyway, but like musically, but whatever. I'm not, you know, whatever. I, I, I compare myself to, to the three of you guys in the band and I'm just like, I'm just lucky to be here. But I think a, a big uh, thing is it's just like, man, if I can find a way, I've, I've said this to a lot of people too, that it's like, go for what your dream is and then be okay with realizing that it's probably not going to end up being that. But the fact that you're going for that, the fact that you're like pursuing that it's, you're going to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. It might not be becoming a famous musician, but you might be the fucking go-to guy for any big studio album that someone needs a really good drummer, you know? And then you become that guy and you live comfortably and no one knows your name, but you get to play music all day. <laughs> but maybe, you know, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's just like if you're doing something that you enjoy and you're living comfortably, then that's kind of that's all I'm looking for. Yeah. And there, yeah, and I felt that in in this song a lot. And can't win. I I yeah. felt that a lot. I there was a we were playing a show. We were going to a show in Fredericksburg, I think. And I was driving with Michael, and we were just kind of talking about some life stuff and uh, just talking about it. And I I was just thinking like, you know, like he he had felt like he kind of knew what direction his life was going from then on, you know, that he wouldn't be doing the recording studio stuff. He thought he'd be doing I, you know, and I thought like, well, your life's not over yet. You know, you still got plenty of time to do all this stuff. You don't know what's happening. And, you know, I'd think back at that moment because I, I think, well, if I'm saying that stuff to him, I might as well say that stuff to me. Totally. You know? And, and so that, that that'll do you sometimes dude you you gotta be your your biggest cheerleader yeah no one's gonna do it for you yeah for sure and no one's gonna just <laughs> hand you shit like like i like i think i mean you've been doing so much stuff on your own also and it's like eventually like you work hard and you have the talent to back it up eventually something's gonna come out of it but you just don't know what it is yet but man i was there at the same age that you are working in a job that I fucking hated and just, and every morning just like dreading having to go to work. And it was just like, and here I am, you know, probably eight years later 
and in a way better place, but also in the same position that I don't want to do what I'm doing anymore in, in my career. So it's just like, now I got to figure something else out. And Luis put it really well that he said, um, the emotions that you feel between anxiety and excitement is the same emotion. So hmm. it's the same set of emotions. So it's like, if you can rewire yourself to where if you're feeling anxious or nervous, rewire your brain to feel that and perceive it as I'm excited. Then the fact that I don't know what the hell I want to do with my life. And then I get to that. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do and I have to go like search for it. That to me is like, I'm, I'd rather be excited about like, Ooh, I wonder what it's going to be. Like, I wonder what yeah, I'm going to end up could, doing. You, you can be excited about this new journey, this new adventure that you're going to go on. Yeah. And it's to me, it's like, I would rather be excited about it than be nervous and be like, dude, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. You know, that's yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. So I, I he really like made an impact when he, when he said that, because I had never thought of it that way. And it is true. It's, you just rewire your brain and it's like, instead of being scared of the unknown, it's like being excited to, to figure it out, you know? Yeah, for sure. Ooh, we went on a, <laughs> that, well, well, you know that, I think that song deserves it. It, I, in, in, in the, uh, the, the bridge as well. I feel like I connected with, uh, but maybe, maybe it's time to move on to familiar patterns. Yeah. I think I, I just want to call it out <laughs> that I love the line and can't win where he says, I might die of this boredom if you don't kill me first. <laughs> I love his lyrics. <laughs> he, he'll get you, man. And a lot it, about killing and dying. <laughs> well, <laughs> a lot I of mean, repeated themes of, of killing someone or being killed or dying. It's a punk band. Yeah. We like to sound cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so familiar patterns. It's another one that it's. This one is also a, a bit clean with the distortion and uh, in comes that lead guitar. And I don't know if he's just like strumming as fast as he can. He goes. Or like he has a weird effect on it. But it, I think it sounds, he's just plucking really fast. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. I was. It's like, is this like a, like a different instrument or something? Or no, it's probably just him. Him just slamming. I that was guitar. wondering if it was if there was synth on this on this song. As far as the credits go, I think there's only piano on the first song, and I think yeah. that's it for the additional instruments. Damn. Yeah, because which I didn't even know there was piano on the first song. I didn't either. <laughs> I've. I didn't notice that. I've listened to this record three times and I don't think I noticed that. I've listened to it a lot of times and I've never noticed. I only know it cause there's a credit for it yet. Uh, but in any case, yeah, this one, like definitely uh, I can like the guitar is just like plucking super, super fast, but I did think that it was like some weird synth playing over it. Yeah. And this, this is another and, like know, kind of breakup song. Yeah, I, yeah, there are a lot of relationship songs on this album. You're totally right. But this is also one that he calls out. I mean, the first line he goes, "This business is really hard." Yeah, well, I think that's the focus of this one is kind of the the music business and how he kind of sees like his career. You know, how he's kind of been taken advantage of in verse 1 and in the chorus how he kind of knuckles down and focuses on his uh music 
in the basement instead of rolling with the riffraff yeah. and how he uh, is scared of kind of going back to that uh <laughs> you can't go in your girlfriend who what me yeah you talking to your girlfriend no i was blowing kisses to my dog oh <laughs> He's just looking really cute right now. I looked over at him. Uh, but he's he might be scared of like the re- resigning to not focusing so hard on this music just because it's so easy to give up. Uh, and so this I, this is yeah. also kind of a a personal song to me. Not as much as can't win, but it's it's uh interesting it kind of reminds me of when we were talking about the resignation and you were saying that you felt like there was a pattern to how they kind of put these songs together and i don't i don't know if it's a mistake that can't win and familiar patterns they're kind of talking about really similar concepts that they're one right after the other maybe yeah maybe so like in can't win he's saying i couldn't i can't live with this nine to five and then this next one he's saying you know everyone used to say don't quit your day day job well fucking guess what i never had one I never had one <laughs> So it's like, I, this is all I got, you know? Yeah. But uh, did you see his quote on the annotations of this song? No. From the singer? It's pretty interesting. Uh, he says, this, he said, this song really sums up my past few years and maybe my whole life. I always thought that if I could just be in a touring band, I'd be a happy person. And yeah, I love what I do, but I've realized that doing something you love doesn't really change the kind of person you are. So, like, mm-hmm. if you're unhappy or you're anxious, it doesn't fix the problem. It just distracts you from it for a bit. And I think that's another thing, too, where I think a lot of people fall into that pattern where they're like, if only I had this or if only I was famous or if only I was rich or if only I was, yeah, you know, skinnier or whatever. You just yeah. think, like, then I'd be happy or then people would think I'm cool or and, and you think, like, a certain level of success or this thing that you want to attain, like, it's just going to completely change the way that you feel about yourself and about life and everything. And, and rarely it does. Like, that's just kind of who you are. So you got to find something that makes you happy. And it's just, I mean, it's even even now, even knowing that, it's still hard for me to look at these people that have all this money and seeing all the things they could do and, like, thinking of what I would do and to think, like, would that really not make me a little bit happier? <laughs> It's weird when you find out that really rich people are really unhappy. Well, we're very unhappy about different things, I guess. <laughs> well, I think it's I think the moral of that story is it's just like money doesn't give you happiness. And and I think that's uh I mean, what a lot of people don't. Money can buy realize. like a jet ski, so Yeah, true. Know. Money can't buy you happiness, but money can't buy you a jet ski. Money can buy you like a lot of Chuck E. Cheese tokens. So uh, I don't want the tokens. I want the tickets. <laughs> you can't pay for the tickets, Lucas. Well then, what's the you don't point have of that kind Chuck of money. cheese, dude? If you had, if you had a certain amount of money, you could pay for the fucking tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Just bribe the person in the back. Look, I know you got a stash somewhere. Listen, I got five hundred thousand dollars. But you don't want to buy like the plush or whatever. You don't want to buy the awards. You want to buy the tickets. I want to buy the tickets so I feel like I earned that blow up <laughs> shark. <laughs> yeah. Give me some sense of like I I did I I accomplished something, but I paid you to let me do it. Yeah, but it was an yeah. accomplishment. You know, you you paid someone, and that's an accomplishment in itself. We'll I get to that. post online and uh, show a picture of my new inflatable shark and just go, look what I won. <laughs> look what I paid tickets for, not money. Yeah, that no one would even. I this cost two hundred thousand tickets. 
y'all don't even understand yeah can you how all much skill it takes to get that do y'all have 200,000 tickets i think not did not think so nope <laughs> uh so are we ready to go to pine point pine point is that the last song it is yeah pine point that's the, it's the slowest one on the record for sure like yeah. we were, I was saying earlier, it feels more like a traditional closer to an album. Mm-hmm. You don't hear it that often anymore, though. I think the that that idea is kind of like I don't hear it as often anymore. Where an uh, album will close out with the ballad or with the slower song, like a lot of times it's just another track on the record. I I do love it when they. I've found that I think I like outros that are kind of more slow and solemn lately than i used to and that that didn't really affect anything on this album uh because i listened to this before that preference developed uh right but yeah it's it's, you think this album maybe gave you that like maybe that's something you got out of it and you didn't realize you're just like oh that's maybe that's another reason why you liked this album so much maybe it helped out (laughs) go off who's your barking at let's go winston just anything. Go off, Winston. Literally anything moving in the front yard. That's what he's barking oh, that's, at. At least that doesn't get annoying. <laughs> Only at 3 a.m. Oh, shit, he does it at 3 a.m.? <laughs> there was a point. There was like three weeks when every every night, like from 2 to 4 a.m., he was just barking at something. It was, You know what it was? It was mm. like at 5 a.m., one of the elderly neighbors would go for a jog. Okay. And so he, Winston would bark at him every single time. And I got pissed at the guy. I was like, what are you going? He had a, he had a headlight cam on on his forehead. Oh, my God. Like, what are you doing, man? Just go later. Why you got to um, be running at 5 a.m.? Dude, I, I live in a pretty affluent neighborhood right now. And it it is the most active neighborhood I've ever lived in. Mm. It's weird that, like, because I sometimes wake up at 6 a.m., or whatever, and I'm just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna get up and I'll walk my dog. It there, are, you would the sun isn't even out yet. You would think that everyone would still be asleep. It's there's people biking and running and and walking, and they're all you know 50 or older. And I don't know if it's like a rich person thing or if it's an old person thing, mm-hmm. but it's it's. I lived in a, a very modest middle class neighborhood before this one, and if I saw two people on my walk, and even in the middle of the afternoon at four or five in the afternoon when everyone's already home, if I saw two people while walking my dog, I'd be like, "Dude, what the fuck is everyone doing out? Like, this is weird." <laughs> now it's I fully expect to run into, and I'm not exaggerating, up to thirty people every time I walk my Jesus. dog. Like, and that could be at six in the morning, and I'm and I'm having to dodge people, and they're having to go around me, and and dogs want to interact and i'm just like why are all you people out like you have huge nice houses and all you want to do is not be in them well honestly ever uh i've i've lived at this house for years and years and years and i've never seen more people out than right now and it might be because of the pandemic i think it i that, i noticed that in my old neighborhood too that all of a sudden like everyone was training to for the tour de france yeah <laughs> all of a sudden like quarantine starts and it's just like oh i want to pull Everyone's out my fucking out bike about, see what's happening today like get the fuck go home like it's we're supposed to quarantine and i'm only out because i have to walk my dog Uh, i don't understand i just don't i i i obviously i love being outside but i don't understand like how the richer the neighborhood gets like the more people spend outside it's a really weird like connection that i've been making it might just be because they feel safer with other 
rich people or something. Oh yeah, no one wears masks. Um, we're very insulated here. Like it feels like this little neighborhood is like our own little city. Mm. Everyone knows each other. No one wears masks, but because of that also no one keeps their distance. So it's like mm-hmm. everyone's acting like everything's normal here. That and it's really sucks. strange. It was really weird going from my old place to this place. And I'm just like, why did it, why do I have to like, sometimes it l- legit looks like a parade just got let out. <laughs> like, why are there seven people walking their dogs separately, all walking towards me right now? Like what the fuck is happening in this neighborhood? But that's funny that <laughs> that, uh, that would drive me crazy. If my yeah. dog was barking at shit at three in the morning, I mean, I, I'm glad it's over for one, one way or another that has stopped. Uh, oh. Well, My dog started doing some weird shit. Sorry. This last song. Let's get into it. Yes. Slow song. You did uh, Concept song, kind of, right? Yeah. Like, uh, just like, kind of like the coast. Uh, yeah. He's putting himself into this narrative. Yeah. The, the story that I'm sure you read on Genius is that he passed by uh, a sign that said, Welcome to Pine Point, And there was just nothing there. Like, it was all torn down. Except for a cemetery. And he thought, like, yeah, what he a, talks about the roads being overgrown. Yeah, yeah, and and what a crazy concept it must be to grow up in this town your entire life, and then it gets demolished one day, and it's it's almost yeah, like wasn't you had it no that past. the wasn't it that the mine closed or something? Well, there was a mine in this town, and it closed, and then so everyone left. That I mean, that might just be him, just putting some history behind this town that he knows nothing of. Like, I don't know if that's the real story of the real Pine Point, but no, I don't think any of this is like, well, I guess some, some of it is rooted in reality, but he, he talks about his brother dying in a drunk driving accident. And then it turns out that he doesn't even have any brothers. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, it's, it's, he just kind of puts himself in this place. He puts himself as a citizen of Pine Point, just growing up as a child in Pine Point, uh, and the way he describes this like small town uh older brother dying because him and his his friend was wasted at the wheel that there was a mine in 88 uh gives you a feeling of like kind of a very old school uh desolate town which apparently he loves talking about those desolate towns I feel like where he grew up in Canada seems kind of desolate from the sound of, <laughs> you know, of, yeah. from his lyrics. Maybe. Uh, and so he's, he's kind of kind of channeling those feelings that you would have. And maybe, maybe some of this is a little autobiographical, but I couldn't tell you what, cause I don't know the guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I honestly like the way that he, the stuff that he talks about in all the songs, I don't know how much of this is actually autobiographical or just a way for him to get something out, mm-hmm. like re- get some sort of release. And he just like writes it. You know, I, I've done that before where I've written songs about a really bad breakup that never happened. <laughs> so I feel like that, that might be one of these things where he's just like, he's, he's putting himself in the shoes of someone else and then trying to channel that emotion. And yeah. he's like, okay, I think this would make a really interesting song. And I do think there are some lines, like the ending there, where he's like, I hope you know what you're doing after all. Like, I feel like there is emotion behind those lines, and he has a meaning for that that might not be present in this song, you know? Right. Yeah, that might have just been thrown in there. 
and like he has a relationship with those lyrics but he doesn't it, it's kind of just for him maybe I feel I, I love that a lot too and you know this is one of the first times like doing this podcast with you that I try to analyze lyrics a lot yeah I typically just sing along and if, if I feel the emotion I, I feel the emotion with the <laughs> with them and, and that's it I don't really like think too much into it but it's been fun reading into these lyrics of the, of the last few episodes and, and trying to understand what they're getting across. And I feel like not a lot of artists, uh, allow themselves to be a little more vague. And this guy is pretty on the nose with what he's talking about. For most of the the album, it's, it's not, it wasn't subtle at all. (laughs) Yeah. He's sounds like he's, talking about one specific person to the point where he's about to say her name. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, But you know, a song like this, it's a little different. He's yeah, this is, this is an interesting one. And unfortunately my least favorite, I think it's, I think it's a great song. I think it's a great closer. I was listening to this album with my dad one time and he completely independent of me told me that this is like the bar sing-along everyone's drunk everyone's hand in hand arm arm and arm singing i hope you know you know kind of a, a like a last song for the set yeah the chorus felt very theatrical to me it was weird that the first band i thought of that it reminded me of was queen and it's not really <laughs> that theatrical i don't know about that but it does sound very theatrical no i don't think it, i don't think it sounds like queen the chorus like just sounds like it could be played in, in a musical i could i could see it as like uh like in a movie or something it, it's like the the epilogue of the movie or the you know the kind of ending scenes everyone's kind of getting yeah. closure and stuff and you know kept my eye on the prize and it was you you know yeah i think it, it is um whether I like the, the actual like song or not, I think it is a nice like kind of rap. It, it he's like, we're, he's t- wrapping it up and tying it with a bow this whole album. I, I think they had, they had well enough options to end this album on a bang. And that might've been their first inclination, but the fact that they chose to end it on this kind of slow, uh, I, I don't really know how to describe the song, honestly, but the fact that they decided to end the album on this, uh, I don't know. It's not what you would expect listening to the entirety of this album. Yeah. And unfortunately I, that's why I didn't really dig it because it's not what I expected. So I'm sure on re-listen, I love it. It's gonna, it's gonna grow on me. Yeah. But I think that's, I expected them to go out with a bang. Especially because it sounded like their heaviest and their loudest shit was right in the middle of the album. Yeah, I was like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna bring that back, you know. And then I they didn't see necessarily that. bring it back, but yeah, it w- it was. It's this album just altogether, like especially going through it now with you and like talking through it. There's it's so emotional. Yeah, it, there, there's it's very personal to this guy. You can you can see that he's kind of laying it out all on the table. You know, he's not really holding much back. <laughs> yeah, he's really putting himself out there, like very vulnerable, like place to put himself. And and it is true, like he's kind of 
like this is what I was feeling at the time. I mean, I think he said that in an interview too, that he was like, this album like is a culmination of like all the things I've been dealing with emotionally and just in my life for the last few years. He just, he put it on paper. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing when someone can do that. And in a way, like we were talking about with our expanded, it's in a way of putting it in a packaging it in a way that people want to listen to it. And it's not just <laughs> listening, listening to someone just like, Oh, complain me, about me, how me. shitty everything is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, this is a very unique record and I, I do want to hear their other ones now to, to hear like where they went from here because I do feel the same way from what you're saying that this is probably going to be my favorite of theirs. Well, who knows? I, you know, I would love to hear your opinion on the third one on morbid stuff. I would just love to hear what you think okay. about it. Uh, and I probably need to listen to it again because it did. I had, I did have to listen to this album two or three times before I really started enjoying it. Oh, no shit. I didn't like immediately. No, for some reason, like DVP was great. And then all the songs after that, for some reason they just didn't connect. It took three, two or three listens, but there, there was like something in my head that was saying like, you're going to like this. You're going to like this album. You just got to keep trying. <laughs> you just got to do it. it. And you know, one time it just clicked and I was like, Oh my God, I love this album. This is one of my, this might be one of my favorite albums of all time. Damn. Well, shit on that note, what is your rating on this? My album? rating for the dream is over is I'm going to say a 9.4 for me just cause I 9.4.4. I, I just love, I, I, I love this kind of emotional, uh, no, nothing held back, uh, aggressive music. I love that. There are some songs that you wouldn't see from any other band like sleep in the heat. And, uh, you know, if this tour doesn't kill you, there are some softer songs. I'm usually not into songs like Pine Point, but I really liked it. Mm. Uh, the disturbing kind of eeriness of the coast. It, it's just, it hits all the right notes for me, man. This is an, man, 9.4. That's fucking this is an S tier album for me. Well, I'm probably going to come a little below that, but I did. <laughs> That's fine. I expected as much. I did love this record. Did you expect me to like this record? I was scared, man, because I've I've recommended records to you before, and you were like, uh, "Yeah, it was whatever." And I'm like, "No, which record? I thought you, you were gonna love it. Which which one that I did not like? It's not like that you not liked it. It was like I recommended Odd Soul to you one time by Mute Math. Oh, that was and a great record. Yeah, but not you what were, I like some of the songs were like, you know, they had to get through them to get to the good stuff, and I was like, oh. Yeah, no, it wasn't what I expected at all, but I actually went back to that one when I was going through like all my choice nugs of 2020 and I had heard, I think I picked two songs from that record that I really liked a lot and I I forgot about that record. That was a really good album. I'm glad you liked it, but this one was, I, yeah, I, I thought there was like a 50, a 60, 40 in, in favor that you would like it. Damn. Well, I really, really liked it. It was yeah not what i expected i definitely thought it was going to be more of a downer 
and not as loud and not as aggressive and not as like fuzzy and gritty and snotty. Like you said, like the, like really yeah. great ways to describe this album. And I didn't think I was going to like his voice as much as I did. Cause a lot of times like voices like this do kind of drive me crazy. And there's very, yeah, for sure. There are very few modern in the last, I'd say new punk bands or pop punk bands, especially in the last like 10 years that I actually really like. Yeah. Yeah, I, for I, sure. I think most of the pop punk that I like now is more what you would call easy core. Like four year strong and like no cap, like chunk, no captain chunk or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, chunk, no captain chunk. Yeah. Set your goals. Like those are, those are the, the newer pop punk bands that I like. But so this was unexpected, man. Like it is hard for me to even call this pop punk, but it just has all those little sensibilities. But I would rate this out of 10. I would rate this a solid eight point. Seven and 8.7. Wow. This. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause there really was only one song that I, I didn't not like it. It just was kind of like, I, I think it was because where it was on the album. I, I didn't want to end the album on a, on a soft note, mm. but yeah, this, this, this is a really, really good record and, and definitely one that uh, I'm going to go back to and listen just like in my free time and, and probably get a deeper appreciation for it. I, I I'm definitely, so glad to hear that. Yeah, I definitely think like the coast. Is it the coast or? Um, I, no, I would say "Sleep in the Heat" and "Old Wounds" are my two favorite songs on this. Oh, all right. "Old Wounds" just because it's so fucking loud and so <laughs> ag- like just nonstop for like two and just a half minutes. Super in your face the whole time. Yeah, I and "Sleep it. in the yeah. Heat" was a. I felt very emotionally connected to what he was talking about in that just from like my own memories of like losing a pet or losing, you know, something, right. something like that. I loved a lot. And yeah, man, 8.7 solid, solid, solid record. Whoever's listening to this too, if you want to comment or whatever, let us know what you thought of the record. Dang it. What we initially, we were going to make it so no one could tell us what they thought, but you know what? Maybe we, we opened will up, the open comments. up the comments. Yeah, we unlocked the comments. See what y'all think. So, Lucas, I have a question for you. Uh? Do you think I'm going to like the next record we're going to talk about? Oh. <laughs> 60 40, buddy. 60 40. <laughs> Which yeah. one's the 60? I'm leaning towards 60 that you'll like it. Okay. Yeah, 60 40. Because it's a very unique metalcore album which uh might as well what is it called it's called circle of demons it's by a a band local from austin um and they're called at all cost they broke up a long while ago and i think this was the last record that they put out and i love this album i think it is a stoner metalcore record and I think it's like the most psychedelic, psychedelic, Jesus, psychedelic. the most, the most psychedelic, uh, metalcore record that I've ever heard. So they wow. incorporate a lot of like trippy psychedelic stuff into their music and they, their, their rhythms and how tight they are. I think you would appreciate. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to, uh, when we hit stop, I'm going to go walk my dog and I'm going to listen to the album, man. Oh, you're right on it, boy. That's that's how early I'm going to be on this thing. That's so dedication. I'll, I'll give you my initial thoughts, man. Sweet. 
Uh, yeah, if you want to, man, but please do. I'm, I've heard the, that album so many times, but I'm definitely going to listen to it a couple of times before we, <laughs> we meet up. Um, but on the, the, how are you, how would you rate this episode? What would you give this episode? How, you know what? I think I would rate my performance in this episode 9.4. <laughs> I think I would rate yours 8.7, but mine 9.4. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think you might be um, might be a little stingy there, but that's fine. You know, to each their own. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thank uh you're our buddies. You're our earbuds. And this was really fun, Brett. Thank you for suggesting this album. I'm so glad you liked it, man. I'm I'm over the moon that you enjoyed it. Fuck yeah, I really did. Uh, and I really I really hope you like the next record. <laughs> <laughs> I I listened to a little preview and I'm gonna tell you honestly, I don't know. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> well, well we'll find see. out in about thirty minutes because it's another pretty pretty quick record. <laughs> we'll find out next week. Next week on Earbuds. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Lucas. Thank you. And Brett. And Lucas. Bye and buddies. Brett. And Brett and Lucas. Signing off. Bye, Bye. buddies. Three, two.